Welcome to the Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dopp, and on each episode, you will hear powerful stories of one-on-one evangelization, brought to you as a collaboration between Mission of the Redeemer Ministries and Genesis Mission, the Encounters Podcast will encourage you in the Catholic faith, inspire you as a missionary disciple, and equip you to share the good news of Jesus Christ with the world. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Encounters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dupp, and I'm here with Michelle Thompson. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here as always. Oh, we're always <laughs> we're always happy when you're here. So, Michelle, what's going on in your life? Anything exciting coming up for you? Oh, yes. We're coming into August now. So uh, we've got a festival next week, a a Catholic festival over at Walsingham, which is a beautiful shrine to Our Lady over in Norfolk. And uh, we're going there to do a workshop on Genesis. So uh, that's going to be very exciting. I love doing what I love to do. Who's going to attend this? Oh, it's a charismatic conference. So it's an annual festival. Not really a conference. It's more of a festival. So it's it's all outdoors. Well, in marquees and things like that. It's very well attended. Uh, I think there's usually around 5,000 people. And uh, it's annual every year. But obviously, it has been on because of COVID. So this one's a regathering of people. People are very excited about it. It's quite a long way for us to to drive. It's about, uh, it's going to take us about seven or eight hours to get there. But that's okay. We camp. And of course, I painted Mm. Jesus on my tent. (laughs) You can imagine. There's always yeah. someone that has to be the most <laughs> radical. I love Jesus more than anyone else of these 5,000, and I'm going to show it on my it, tent. Michael. <laughs> you sure do. Um, Michelle, uh, just real briefly. So in the workshop, are you just telling people about what Genesis mission is? Or are you trying to see if they want to start the sessions? Or what are you hoping? You know, we're so stacked out with the sessions that uh, I'm a little bit not reluctant, but I'm a little bit nervous about inviting people to sign up because we can't quite meet the demand at the moment. So what we, what we like to do is to enable or empower people to be able to make a start immediately. So after, you know, after their workshop, they should be able to start using some of the principles and some of the very simple ways that we teach people to interact and engage with others. And so it's it's kind of like we know that we haven't got very long with them. So we want to teach them the most basic things that will get them off the chair and out, learning how to just uh, engage with others, listen first, and then share the gospel in ways that are sensitive, appropriate, and relative to people's lives so that they can relate to how God works in their lives. So very simple stuff, really. doesn't sound simple, does it? But it is. We feel like frauds because it's so simple. And then the following week, we're going to Wales. We're going to be in Cardiff and we're doing leading a week of mission there, getting people out on the streets. So we have some time training them up and then taking them out on the streets in Cardiff, which is ironically, that is where our bishop has been moved to be the archbishop of the Diocese of Cardiff and Menevia. So we're actually following him. So he's going to think, I thought I'd left them in Plymouth. And... <laughs> yeah, he tried to get rid of you guys. And it's just like, these Genesis mission folks, they just think the whole world's their mission Our territory. Our bishop was so generous in uh, encouraging us to share Genesis as widely as possible because Jesus' command is to make disciples in all nations. And uh, he wasn't a bit territorial or anything like that. Um, so he encourages us to take it far and wide. So we've, we've been very, very blessed. 
That's Bishop Mark O'Toole, by the way. So I'm wondering if uh, you've had any encounters lately that you'd like to share with all of us. Michelle. Yeah, I want to share one, Michael. That's why I'm here. <laughs> all right, good. That's that's what I pay you to do. <laughs> I wish. I hope in my my reward is in heaven. It sure will be. Yeah. I, actually, the reason I want to share this one, Michael, is because it really demonstrates how the Holy Spirit is at work, even when we're not aware of it. So He is preparing, okay. using other people, and preparing those who meet us already at work so this is a great example of that and it's also an example of me really under pressure and fear and struggling and thinking oh what do i do michelle you make it look so easy everyone that ever listens to this podcast thinks oh michelle she always has the right word she no, knows what to say she no, never no, struggles no, no, so no. today is the episode where we find out that michelle no, is human and fallen no, no, just like it us it was a real holy spirit moment you know real surrender good, good. anyway here we go it's my usual practice to attend the gym once a week it's all i can fit in that's my excuse anyway so i go to the gym and i try to interact with as many people as possible I'd spend most of my time going to a class and it's mostly mostly women in the class. So I don't interact with the men very much. But afterwards, when I've done my class, I go down into the gym and there's usually a few men in the gym. So but I don't really engage in conversation with them. But I've got to know them sort of just in passing. And you say hi, don't you, because you're regulars and you recognize people. So there's this one guy and I'd heard on the grapevine that he had been sick and diagnosed with a, a type of blood cancer and I hadn't seen him at the gym for quite a while and so I've been playing on my mind that I hadn't seen him I was thinking oh my goodness I feel terrible I've never really spoken to him and perhaps I should be a little bit more generous but I hadn't and so you know and then and I'd started to think oh my goodness what if he doesn't come back you know and, and I never actually got to talk to him and anyway so I go into the gym after my session this particular day and he was there and I was so relieved, like the relief just kind of flooded through me that he was okay and that I was going to take the opportunity to just sort of just say hi, you know, and interact with him a bit. But as I came into the gym, he was talking to another to another man. And um, so I just sort of, I hovered, you know, waiting for my turn <laughs> to speak to him. And he was engaged in this conversation and quite openly. And he was uh, saying about his diagnosis of, of this um this kind of blood cancer and that the, he was going to have to have some treatment and that the prognosis was pretty good at this stage. It depended how the, the treatment worked out for him. They, you know, this is a conversation that you can't just sort of butt into. And and, and I'd wait, I waited for quite some time and there didn't seem to be a pause or a break. So I wandered off and I thought, well, maybe I'll get an opportunity. So I, I move over to the other side of the gym and I start doing the, the work that I like to do after my class, but it's all going through my mind. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, he's going to start this treatment. He doesn't know how that's going to turn out. And obviously, when he goes for the treatment, he might not come to the gym anymore. I might not get a chance. So what if he doesn't know about Jesus? What if he doesn't know? What if he's really afraid of what might happen? What if he's feeling really afraid right now? at the prospect that he, you know, his life is hanging in the balance and he doesn't know that there's there's more to life than we see and that that Jesus can transform his heart so that he can deal with 
everything that comes his way that he'll have the strength to deal with it so all this is going through my mind and i'm getting more and more anxious anxious is the word really but i should be able to have a conversation with him and, and try and share this comfort with him and so you know i'm there doing my crunches i'm thinking but how am i going to do it what shall i say oh my goodness i've got to try and open this conversation and all these things are going through my well i could say this and i and I could say that now. I was getting more and more anxious about it, thinking, how on earth am I going to? And then I got this real nudge from the Holy Spirit, which was like, don't plan it. What are you doing trying to plan what you're going to say? Why aren't you asking me <laughs> to help you? Literally, my quote was like that. I was like, okay. And, and, and kind of the tension went out of me, literally. As I sort of gave it up in that moment and I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, you help me with this then. This is a long introduction, isn't it? But I want you to understand how I was feeling at the time, you know, really. No, I'm it's really great. Stressed no, good, about good. how this might go. Because this, you know, it's quite quite an awkward sit could potentially be an awkward situation, couldn't it? So I take a few deep breaths. And I know the guy's name's Simon, you know. I go up to him, and like he's sitting on one of the machines and he's by himself now and he's sort of having a bit of a breather. So I think, oh, now's a good time. So I say my little prayer. Okay, Holy Spirit, here we go. Be with me now. Give me the words. I go up to him and I go, Simon, I said, um, I said uh, I'm so pleased to see you. I said, I know we haven't really spoken before, but I said, my name's Michelle. And, uh, you know, and, and I wanted to take this opportunity to say hi. And I, I heard on the grapevine what's been going on with you and, uh, you know I just wanted to connect with you and he goes oh that's really nice he said it's it's nice that you come over and say hello he said and then he started talking about how he came to find out that he'd got this and he was at the gym and he'd started getting really tired and things and then one day he was walking home from the shop and he was going up the hill and he realized he couldn't get his breath and he'd always been very fit and he thought this isn't right so he went to the doctors and got his diagnosis of what yeah eventually the doctor sent him straight off to get tests and he got the test and he's got this diagnosis so i'm listening to this and i'm praying because i don't know where i'm going i don't know what <laughs> i literally don't know how because I, I know that i've got to open up the whole god thing with him <laughs> and uh and I don't want to make i don't want to make him feel awkward that's the last thing i want to do i don't want to put him in a situation and it popped into my head. I went, I listened to him and I let him finish. And I, and I just I just said, Simon, I don't know if you've had any God incidences in your life. And I was about to say, but, or and, and to carry on. And his face completely changed. And it took me by surprise because I felt like I had to say the next thing, you know, like you do, you know, like you think you've said something a bit awkward, so you need to carry on speaking instead of letting the words land. And I saw his face change. Luckily, I'm so used to reading expressions now and, and, and a kind of assessing body language and things like this, that I saw the change in his face. And so I went, well, have you? Because I thought there's something there. And he said, well, it's funny you should say that, he said, because I was a, um, in the special forces, he said, and I was, what's that word, you know, consigned or I, I was in Iraq. Deployed in Iraq. Yeah. And I was sent to Iraq for combat. And he said one day, he said, while I was there, I was, a, he was only a young man at this, but now he's probably in his 50s. So this is going back. He was probably 
maybe 30, in his mid-30s, he said. And I was in my barracks, you know, we were just there on duty, he said, but I was in my barracks and I woke up in the morning and he said, my face had dropped. He said, I was paralysed in my face and I, and I couldn't, my, my speech was slurred. And they thought that I'd had a stroke and they quickly got me into one of the trucks and took me across the, the town or the, whatever it was to the local hospital to get me assessed. He said, to be honest, I thought, this is it now. I'm going to get sent home. I'm going to, this is my career at an end. He said, I was absolutely, I was in a bit of shock. He, he said, to wake up in this state was really, you know, for a young fit man. He said, I was a, like top of my game, you know, really fit in every respect. He said, so it was a real shocker for me. And anyway, I got to the hospital and they put me there and, you know, they did a few assessments on me. It took a couple of hours. He said, and in that time, it was like a miraculous recovery. He said, I was just perfectly okay again. And so I'm like, wow, I'm thinking this is the story, you know, this is the, this is what he's telling me. And he, he's obviously seeing God at work in this. And I'm going, well, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? And he goes, yeah, it was. What they said was, it was like, is it Bell's palsy or something? It can be, it can be a trans, transitory type thing and it can pass, he said. So it was an episode of that. And he said, and I've never been, this never happened again. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. He said, ah, he said, but that's not the end of the story. I got back in the truck. And as we drove back across to the barracks, we were ambushed. He said, they had us out of the truck and there was open fire. People were killed. He said, and how I miss, how I survived, I don't know. He said, but eventually we, we were back in the truck and I was back at the barracks. He said, and I knew that day that somebody was taking care of me. He said, it just really, the, the events of the day were so extraordinary. I knew there had to be something more. I knew in, on that day I was protected. Oh, man, I was like, this story just blew me away. And I was like, oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you didn't, you know, that you, uh, you know, all this goes through your mind so fast, wasn't it? But thank God I didn't plan what I was going to say because I would have missed that whole story. So I said to him, you know, you know, God tries to break through in our lives to show his us his presence and how he's working in our lives. And most of the time we stumble through life blindly and we don't recognize his hand. I said, but he reached in in a massive way that day to make himself known to you. And he said, I believe that's true. Then I said to him, now in the situation, obviously, you're, I said, you're facing, you know, another massive moment in your life. I said, what help have you got for that? I said, who's at home? So I'm kind of moving away from that story a moment just to get a bit more of the, the background detail because I want to help him as much as I can uh, in every way. You know, he said, I've had my son living at home with his girlfriend, he said, but they've just moved out. And there was a look of relief on his face. And I said, oh, that, that's good news. He said, yeah, I'm glad to get my space to myself, he said. But they're close and I've got them as backup. And I said, um, Simon, if you need anything, you know, as time goes on, you know, because we talked a bit more about his treatment and what that might entail and how he's not going to get to the gym as often possibly and all this kind of thing. I said, if you need anything, you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll make sure it happens for you. You know, so if you need to go anywhere, if you need anything brought to your house, I said, you know, I'll give you my details and I'll make sure that that happens. I said, but the other thing I'd like to do is to be able to pray for you, if that's okay. He said, you know, he said, there's someone else who's going to pray for me. I said, oh, great. 
And he, he said, yeah. He said, I got talking to a guy at this gym recently. He said, um, his name's John. And uh, he's going to pray for me as well. He told me he's a priest. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Father oh, John Bilavsky. Yeah, that fantastic. So I said, and that is amazing. <laughs> I said, I know exactly who you're talking about. He will have powerful prayers for you. I said, you know, but you can also pray, you know, reach out to that God who is holding you. And I said, okay, so Father and I are both going to be praying for you, Simon. But I said, you know, as time goes on and things get difficult, that is what's going to help you. I said, because through prayer, the power of God is going to give you something that no hospital can give you, no doctor can give you, no medical intervention can give you. God will transform your heart. If you get to know him through Jesus, he will lead you to the place where you, where ultimately we all want to be. I said, and we're all, we're all going somewhere, aren't we? And he goes, you're right about that. He said, you're, <laughs> he said, you're absolutely right. Well, and, and, and actually, we left it at that point. And I said, don't feel, you know, and I, I give him my details so that he we can get in touch. And, and there's a little follow up to this, Michael, because I remembered that I hadn't asked afterwards my reflection on this, this amazing encounter. I, I was so thrilled with what, what the Holy Spirit, how he'd been working. And I took it to prayer. And I realized afterwards that I hadn't asked him if he'd been baptized. You know, anyone who's facing that situation, the possibility that their life is um, going to end before they thought it would, which could happen to any of us, is to be uh, to understand what baptism means. And so uh, the next time I met him at the gym, I, I, I went up and I asked him how he was. And I asked him if he'd been baptized, which re-triggered the conversation. And he had been baptized. And he told me a bit about his backstory with his mother and his, um, his growing up. So it kind of, you know, we're, de we're, we're developing this bit of dialogue now, which hopefully will continue. And I'll be able to support him through his treatment, which he actually has started at this point now. I often another thing, Michael, and I'm not sure whether I've mentioned this on a podcast before, is to never forget that those who don't feel ready to acknowledge Christ or receive Christ or have some hesitation, I think it's always good to remind them that you can choose him right up to your last breath. If you are at the point of death and you're in a position that you can choose, you're afraid, and you're in a position where you can choose, you can make that choice. And all he wants is for you to come home. He'll receive you in his arms. And so I think that's such an important message because in those dying moments, in someone's dying moments, if they remember that, that could be everything, couldn't it? So I think that if, if there's a way we can get that message across, I think it's a really important one to to share with people. Yeah, you certainly want people as they're in their last moments of this earthly life to be thinking it's never too late to turn to God. At the same time, we don't want to delay. Give your heart to him now because you don't. we often don't know when our last one I is I know, coming. but you sound like Father John now. You're just good, getting good. them off the hook until they're like, no. I mean, obviously we do everything we can to introduce them to the love of Christ so that they can have the fullness of life, turn away from sin, reorient their lives into goodness, beauty and truth. But we still want them to know that whatever the stage of their life, God just wants them home. 
That's why he gave them free will, isn't it? So that they could choose him. So, and he loves them as much. He loves the sinner as much as those who try not to sin. It is never too late. And the Lord is always ready to welcome us home. One thing I just want to point out is there's lots of people when they leave the Catholic Church, they say, nobody noticed. None of the parishioners that I've been seeing together for the last 15 years called me. Nobody from the parish said, hey, we haven't seen you in a month. And I was just thinking of the diligence of you and others just at the gym to see somebody that hasn't been there and say, hey, I wonder what's going on. And boy, it'd be good to connect with him. And I wonder for our listeners, if they can think of somebody that they know that maybe they haven't seen at church for a few weeks. Maybe it's just a phone call saying, hey, are you okay? Are you sick? Are you traveling? Or maybe they've stopped going for some reason. One thing you never seem to do in encounters that you did here, and I'm just curious, is you often don't leave contact information. You don't often continue to have a dialogue. Why did you feel like it was important to do that with this guy? The only reason we don't do that, Michael, is because very often uh, our evangelizing is with, because it's, because we're trying to encourage people to interact with everybody and anybody, very often the people we're interacting with are from a place, you know, they might be from another city or they might be from another county or they might be, if they're very local people, we'll invite them to like where we do the, the outreach on the Saturday morning is right outside a church. So we'll say, you know, there's, serv- there's a service here tomorrow at 1230. Do you think you'd like to come? We'll meet you here. So where there's a link, we try to re-engage with people where we can. But, you know, at the same time, we do what we can in the moment and we trust the Holy Spirit to nurture the seeds that we've dropped. Interestingly, though, just recently here, a group of young Catholic adults have gotten together and created a a website, which is for specifically for non-believers or for people who we encounter, which will have links to everything that you need to know. So it's got links to Word on Fire, so that they can start listening to some good stuff from Bishop Barron and and various other people. Father Mike Schmidt, he's another, obviously a great one for people, you know, who are just entering into the faith. It'll have links to local organisations, local churches, so that they can make links to our diocese, to things like that. We're going to carry the QR code on a business card and give those to people who we encounter so that they've at least got a link to the Catholic faith should they wish to pursue it. So this is actually a new development that we want to promulgate as widely as possible. Great idea. I'm really happy that the Holy Spirit brought you along to finish off the job that Father John (laughs) left incomplete. Really, how amazing is it that the two of you both end up talking to the same guy? Well, I guess we both carry this missionary vigilance, missionary intention and missionary attitude. Yeah. Hey, Michael, I'd just like to pick up on that point you made about people who we don't see at mass and we forget that we haven't seen them in my work i travel around a lot of parishes you know and interact you know with the parishioners obviously forming groups and things like that you will often hear a priest criticized for not being aware of who's at mass and who isn't it's not just for the priest to be i mean it is for the priest (laughs) to be vigilant but he's got a lot of people to take care of and he can't actually be thinking about every it's for us to do that work to be aware of who we haven't seen for ages and to care enough to want to bring our brothers and sisters home and there shouldn't be any reluctance about reaching out 
and and finding out where they are. I've told you that story about um, that was recounted to me about a lady in one of our local towns, and she bumped into a parishioner and had a lovely chat. And the parishioner was aware that this lady hadn't been at mass for a long time, and she plucked up the courage to say to her, "It's so lovely to see you." I'm, I'm just wondering, I haven't seen you at mass. Is, is everything okay? And this lady literally burst into tears. And she said, do you know, it's nearly a year since I haven't been to mass. I've bumped into loads of parishioners. I've had great conversations. No one's ever asked me why I'm not at mass. She, she said, I didn't think they particularly cared why I wasn't at mass. I thought they were just being polite and having a chat. So, you know, we make these assumptions about people and why they haven't come to mass and, oh, they must be fed up with this. or And, and it's just... Yeah, we need to care more than that in everything. We need to go deeper. And that's part of what Genesis is about. It's, it's doing the deep dive into life and not just skimming the surface. Good. Simon's not this man's real name. We changed some details, yes, of, course, of course, to keep things yeah. anonymous. But the Lord knows that if our listeners pray for Simon, the Lord knows who he's working on. So I would ask our listeners to pray for Simon, pray for his physical healing as he goes through this treatment, but even more so for a deepening of faith and the full flourishing of those baptismal graces sure. and return to the life of the sacraments and the fullness of the Catholic faith. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. It is great having you with us for the Encounters podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast service you use. This will ensure you get every episode right to your device. We also would love for you to join our free Mission Made Possible sessions which will prepare you for one-on-one -on -one evangelization. Contact us through the website linked in the show notes. We can't wait to have you join us.